Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. Hey, everyone. This is Chris, your host here at Inside the Sequel. You know what this is the podcast where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention and they definitely do deserve it so we we bring them onto this uh podcast show so we can uh, give them the praise that they deserve um so today we have a very special episode it's definitely one of my favorites and most looked forward to i knew i was going to do an episode about this as soon as i started this podcast uh, and that of course is 1985's nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. And he is not a welcome visitor, but he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Get out of here, Lisa! Jesse, fight him! Watch out for him. He'll be in your neighborhood soon. You are all my children now. A Nightmare on Elm Street, part two. You've got the body here. I've got the brain. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> and I knew I couldn't just talk about this movie by myself because I had an older dinghy podcast that that was the first episode. I knew I wanted to talk about it with somebody because it's like, I know I can't be the only person in the world that loves this movie. But now, as of a few years have passed, I've figured there's a bunch of people now that like this movie. And there definitely is. And I want to be one of my favorite people here who knows a lot about movies. Um, it's Jennifer John Meyer. Uh, she worked for the Alamo um, Film Club, and she was uh, the talent there. She just made – basically, she was the reason why everyone went to the Alamo uh, movie oh. theater. Unfortunately, the Alamo, uh, like most movie theaters right now, is um, under some trouble because of COVID. But she was nice enough to be on this podcast episode, uh, and here she is. Jennifer, why don't you say hi? Hello, it's great to be back. I was uh, just looking at our previous call and it's been, it was in April. Um, we were so young and full of hope then, you know, now look at us. <laughs> I know, right? The first thing you said is you got hair on your face. And I was like, oh gosh, you're right. Things have changed. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I never would have thought uh, when we had that call that we would still be sitting in our houses seven months later. But uh, it's, it's, it's what's happening in right. the world, man. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you worked a lot when you were at the Alamo and working in general is just, it's hard to watch movies and stuff. But now we got what we wanted. We have plenty of time now to watch movies. Um, Listen, how many times have you thought, be careful what you wish for? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
right? It's all these things that you say you're going to do if you have the time and then you have the time and you're like, oh, did I really want to do that? Or like, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know it's like brought into light, like all the things that I haven't been keeping up with in my busy life when I, before COVID, it's like the basic necessities, like exercise and like eating right and like being at, you know, just doing something other than watching movies. And it's like, now that uh, I'm having to stay at home, I'm like, Man, it's really tough even when you're not working to do these things. But you're you've been actually, at least from what I see, you're like the pro at all of this. Like you said, you're pro at being at home. You're, you know, with your with your blog and with your exercise posts. It's very motivating. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like Ryan Gosling. Very, very exciting stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's you know, because I'm not I don't want to go to the gym because I feel like that is the worst idea right now and so uh i was just for a couple months i was just sitting at home and i was like literally sitting at home and i gained 17 pounds in like 10 minutes (laughs) it was so easy Uh and so uh then i i finally found a good program like at home workout program and group of people so it's still like you know you still have your your gym friends even though you're not in the gym and that's saved me honestly because once you Uh once you have a good like once your physical health is in good shape, then you can really focus on, it opens up your brain, I think, to focus on a lot of other things. So not to get too off track. Oh, no. Just tips, Jen's tips on living at home. Yes, Jen is like the pro (laughs) at like giving life advice, um, leading through example. Um, Her blog is honestly awesome. I check check it out pretty often when you make posts because it's pretty inspiring stuff. I'm not trying to be cheesy or rubbing elbows or anything, but it is very inspiring, especially now um, with everything going on. And uh, there is some good uh, tidbit uh, tips on like how to, it's basically like the survival guide of quarantine and just living a healthier lifestyle. Like some people like me definitely need that. So really appreciate it. Keep it up. Oh yeah. You know, I love you. I mean, like, I, I really appreciate you and I'm always going to do anything you're down for because I love, um, even though movies aren't my whole focus anymore, which has been a whole morning period of its own, I still right. want to talk about movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even like there's not, there's not a lot of new content. Um, it's It's been good and that it's helped me brush up on all the old stuff that I missed before or stuff I hadn't seen, as in the case of uh, Nightmare 2. You know, yeah. like I hadn't seen it. And yeah. so just I was rewatching uh, parts of it and then Scream Queen again last night. And I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking this was just the scariest thing mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And yeah, rewatching classics like that's like the big thing for me. It's like buying a bunch of physical movies and saying you're going to watch them when you do. And then you don't have the time for them. But now I definitely do. Like I watch like six new movies I've owned and had on like my queue of my shelf forever. And then I watch them and I'm like, well, that wouldn't take that long at all. You know, it's like, you know, just you really start to realize like how much you're procrastinating when you're busy, you know, and you just want to like sit at home and relax after a while. But um, yeah, speaking of like nothing new coming out, have you been like doing maybe like any VODs or like some streaming? I know like Netflix originals are like, uh, there's like, so many of those and you know i know there's a few streaming channels that are putting out like smaller indie movies i don't know if you've been watching any of those at all been watching a lot first well then i'm then i'm just like binging stuff so i watched all of queen's gambit um you know on netflix i don't know if you've seen that uh 
but that was that was kind of a 15 hour over the course of 15 hours watching like the whole limited series I watched uh, Borat. <laughs> I watched the new Borat. Which I I'm jealous. I've been wanting to see that. Oh my God, it's worth it. Like, uh, you know, the first one, it was funny enough, you know, but it's like um, when so much time passes between something like that, I always call it the Anchorman effect, you know, like because Anchorman, it was like, what, 10 years between the first one and the sequel. So it's like, you get all of that hope built up and then you're almost inevitably disappointed because it's almost, it's impossible to really like have a movie be as good as you have it in your mind after right. that much time has passed. And that, but he, he nailed it. I laughed a lot. I don't know that I really stopped laughing. Um, it's, I find it fascinating that he's able to just pull any of those guys, any of those, um, anybody who, um, Basks in satire, I guess, and uh, <laughs> that they're able to keep a straight face. Um, so I, I recommend it. So uh, let me see. I mentioned I watched Scream Queen again last night. Mm -hmm. And then I watched, um, have you seen Kajillionaire? No. <laughs> Is I this a show? That. That's a pretty good indie movie. It's got Deborah Winger. Um, oh, the guy I always think of him as the guy from six feet under because I can't remember his name, Richard. Uh, um, it was a little indie um, film. I think a 24 that uh, didn't, you know, just one of those many films that didn't normally have much of a chance. Mm -hmm. And so I was hoping when we reopened again last, you know, in August that we were going to be able to showcase a lot of these smaller films that used to be just swallowed up um, by blockbusters and, People still didn't want to come see him, but I oh, Kajillionaire, that and Tenet, and what else did I see on the big screen? Um, I feel like there was one more, one more movie I saw. Um, I, I love how it's like we're remembering what we saw in theaters like it was years ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, there hasn't been anyone in this movie house in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if we walked into the Alamo now, it'd be like The Shining with like the back lot being the bar and we just would sit there and like ghosts would probably be talking to us wanting to serve us a drink. It was, oh, that, that is a perfect, I could totally see that. Yeah. Oh, I saw Hubie Halloween. Oh, you're better um, than me. It was good. Um, but what I really, really liked and can't recommend enough is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, I've heard really, things about that. Really, really good. Sasha Baron Cohen is in that. And he plays Abby Hoffman, this activist um, who just got a lot of shit done in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> was kind of one of my childhood idols. I wasn't a, I wasn't alive in the 60s. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But like <laughs> just my parents talking about that time. Um, and then I Cabin in the Woods. I had not seen Cabin in the Woods. Oh, so I finally saw that. And what did you think? It was nothing like what, I, you know, like I just kind of thought, oh, it's a horror movie and here's the cast. Yeah. No idea, no idea what that, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods is, okay, so the more that that movie's aged, the more of like a split divide I feel like there is. There's like the pure horror fans who are like, no. And then there's like, the people who love having fun with horror movies and like some of the ridiculousness are going to like eat it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see if you liked cabin in the woods, I, th I think you should watch Eli Roth's uh, cabin fever. It's more of like, it's more of like 
cabin of the woods but like it doesn't have like the satire element of it at all it's basically i think what cabin of the woods tried to like copy off of but then again it's an eli roth movie so you know be cautious when you watch it Uh, i think what i'm looking for anymore in a movie is um to be surprised you know like just had like that mind stimulation like i didn't see that coming and it it just wakes up especially when you're just sitting at home all the time yeah please please make my mind work just (laughs) fire up some synopsis in there somewhere that's all Mm -hmm. i need Man, the, the last movie I saw in theaters was Tenet. Can you believe that? And that was actually my first Nolan movie in theaters. I felt like a baby. Uh, same, because I had never... Um, it's not that I wasn't a Nolan fan. It's just that like when, when the Batman franchise came back around, I was a big Keaton Batman fan. And yeah. so mm-hmm. as each new Batman iteration came, I got a little less enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Plus, I also loved Marvel, you know? Yeah. So... Um, it, it wasn't a, like a, an open boycott or anything, but I just had no interest and I didn't know who he was that, you know, like in the early days, I didn't, that didn't mean anything to me, Christopher yeah. Nolan. Like, so what? It's a different Batman again, <laughs> not doing it. And so, uh, Tenet was the first one I saw in theaters and I didn't expect to like it because I had heard just not bad things, but like the sound is messed up on purpose and, you know, it's three hours long and I was nervous about being in a theater three hours with, you know, in COVID, but I was like, I'm doing it. So I did. Yeah. I wore a mask in the theater the whole time. I I, I don't know. I think I'm lucky. I feel like, cause like I I wear a mask and it doesn't bother me. Like I'll be in the car and I wear it and I forget to like, Oh, I wear my mask or I'm with people and I'm sitting down and like, you have your mask on. And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't, like, I really don't, it doesn't bother me. But when I was in Tenet, you know, I, I could tell there were some people like, you know, like lifting the mask up because it was hard. And luckily for me, though, that movie flew by. Like, it was a longer movie, but it felt like it flew by pretty quick. I thought so, too. I thought um, so. But I'm like you. Like, with Nolan, I, I didn't really pay that much attention to. I always got, like, this stigma about Nolan. With, like, if you like his movies, like you know, you know so much more about movies. And in my mind, when he was, you know, I think I was in high school probably and just in community college when he was coming out. And I was just like, I've seen a lot more movies than what these people are talking about because they saw a Nolan movie. So it's like, I'm protesting. I'm not going to watch these Nolan movies, um, which is really silly because I hear they're pretty good. But I really like Tenet. I think it's because John David Washington was in it. And I really like him a lot, especially like Black Klansman. Yeah. He's fantastic. So good. Yeah. And Robert Pattinson's chem- chemistry with him was perfect. And That's of course, the new Batman movie, you know, I just kept thinking like the back and forth, the, the way they they're just the rapid fire exchanges and how quickly they were able to move and converse. Um, it was almost like a subplot of the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, they've got a really good rapport and great chemistry on screen. And then David, my former assistant, who is clearly dumb, uh, said it sucked. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that we n- almost never agree on a movie. Uh, <laughs> and so this was no exception. But he he's a big Nolan fan. Like, he oh. was one of those, like, Nolan guys, you know, that intimidates uh-huh. everybody else. And then he said, yeah, I hated it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how could you not? And you he, have to like something in that movie. You yeah, can't just hate it. <laughs> yeah. And he loves John David Washington, too. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I think he's. I think he's interesting. It's it's weird. Like the Nolan movies, it's like Nolan fans are always like the first to be like, it's not good or not. That's it. You know, close the book on it. <laughs> and then it's like, I know you and I just saw and we're like, oh, it's pretty good actually. Really enjoyed it. Um, I won't, I don't know if I'm gonna watch. Be on the big screen, like what? <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand why Nolan is like such a a freak about his big screen stuff. I definitely get that. Yeah, it needed to be seen. That yeah, way. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I haven't seen any of the movies you've been talking about, and I'm actually really jealous. Um, I don't have Netflix anymore. I, it's like with streaming movies, I've been like trying to like, you know, keep a distance with because of all these physical movies I own, and I have to like, I have to justify purchasing them and watching them. But I, 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 I do see there's some good stuff on streaming, so that's really exciting. Uh, let's see. I, I haven't seen really anything else except on Amazon Prime. I saw this one indie movie that's called save yourself i believe that was pretty yeah, fun i was wondering if you saw that um we had that in the theater but i i didn't catch that one um i think it was the, oh it was i was gonna watch it the night i was hosting trivia because we had a few trivia nights um mm -hmm. back and then we just suddenly closed <laughs> i thought you know it was the same weekend it opened and i was like oh, i'll just catch it you know like yeah and i'm like oh great you know it's uh, it, but they sent out like free masks um, the, I can't remember what company it was. Is it Neon? I don't know. But anyway, it, the masks say save yourself and other. And so I loved that. A whole oh, lot. that's awesome. And I keep seeing it like every single day I see it on my home screen menu and I'm like, when are you going to watch that damn movie? <laughs> it's fun. It's such a weird yeah. movie, but yeah, it's but fun. I'm like, it's definitely looks different. You know, it looks like something that hasn't been done. Um, so. yeah. I I applaud the filmmaking on it. It's it has some missteps, but the comedy and the chemistry is really good, and it's kind of it's really fun actually. So I can't badger it at all. Um, I, I think for the most part, I've been watching a few older movies. Um, a lot of people are watching noir films because it's quote unquote noir vember. So have to oh, get in on that. <laughs> yeah, I have not heard that before somehow. Yeah, so basically people were watching a bunch of like old noir movies from the 30s and 40s. So basically anything with Humphrey Bogart in it. <laughs> and, I did uh, that. I went through that phase and it was like the AFI top 100 list. Yeah, uh, a lot of them will probably be on there. Uh, I kind of like the neo-noir movies personally. Those the, those like remakes of them are like different of the same cloth basically in like the 60s and 70s. I think those are a little bit more fascinating. Like that. I... Uh, I did the free trial of the Criterion channel. Yeah. For like a month or, so, or a couple of weeks. And so I was like watching five movies a day, just trying to soak up that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't keep spending money on all of the, I was counting them all up. And I had like every streaming subscription and my bill for like rentals was $200 in one month. I'm like, you don't have a job. <laughs> Nobody's paying you to watch these movies. That's awesome. Okay, Jen. So like, if you need to borrow someone's streaming service, let us know. We will be glad to let you borrow ours. Like I, so like I, I know, you know, Disney plus, you know, it's common, it's conquering everything basically now. And like, I was like, so anti Disney about it. And I was like, I'm not doing Disney or whatever. Like, yeah. screw that. But Recently, I really wanted to watch Confessions of a Teen Teenage Drama Queen with Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> and I could not find it anywhere. And then I saw it on Disney Plus, and I had a, you know, I me me being so staunch about it, I'm like, I'm not gonna do a free trial or anything like that. So I was like, Hey, does anybody that I know have a Disney Disney uh, 
plus and what my friend Daniel did, he let me borrow it. So shout out to him for that. But then I was like, I immediately logged off after I watched it. I was like, all right, I, I did what I needed to do. I'm gone. <laughs> I, uh, I have a lot of resentment toward that company yeah. as well. So I, uh, I don't have one either. Um, and so I, I was just, I just switched my, uh, cell phone provider and they're like, do you want like Disney plus? And I said, no. And they're like, well, it comes with. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. I want, it. I want any part of that. So yeah. I, I, I are, you, are you like me that has like those weird crusades, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, I don't know why, but I'm going to have, I'm going to stick to this one thing. Yeah. <sighs> But then they're like, Chris, but Star Wars and then Marvel. And I'm like, the exception, the exception. I don't even like these Marvel movies that much. In my mind, I'm saying that. But now I'm actually like a kid with popcorn watching them. Um, But yeah, I need to get into those Star Wars movies soon. Speaking of that, it's almost usually around this time I start to watch them. But I've been really lazy about that. Um, but Jen, for those who are still listening, so Jen, <laughs> who are still listening, <laughs> so Jen, she uh, worked at the Alamo and she would program a lot of really fun events. If anybody who has an Alamo knows, they they do things differently at movie theaters. Like the they're, they're really staunch about the the keeping quiet. Um, they have so many cool fun movie events. Um, I think one of the first I ha- I attended was really fun. It was that Burt Reynolds tribute with Smokey and the Bandit. That was fun. Um, and you get to do like sing-alongs, they have like dress up days. It just was such a fun time. And we're reminiscing now that we're all stuck at home or wearing masks and we can't do that anymore. Um, but Jen also, I don't, did you get to go because the Alamo let you, or did you go on your own, which either, either way is really cool. So you went to fantastic fest, which is a film festival. Yeah. And you got to see that scream queen documentary that recently came out. I did. Um, I um, actually missed uh, Mark. Um, Mark Patton was at one of the. Uh, he was at the opening night one, like the premiere of it, and we got there. Like there are two halves. There's like you know the first first leg and second leg. So I didn't do the full eight days. I did the second half, um, and then Alamo provided my ticket. Um, I took my husband, so we bought his, and. Cause I just, I needed to know. And, and thank goodness, you know, I didn't put it off till next year cause then it wouldn't happen. But, um, so I, I missed like a couple of the really cool things, um, the, the talent that was there. And that was one of the things I missed. And I was really sad because I remembered, um, seeing, like, I remember vividly, um, uh, when Nightmare on Elm Street one came out and it was because, uh, my parents wouldn't let me see any scary movies. I was little, you know? My aunt was a senior in high school. And so she got to see it, you know, and it scared her. And she told my mom it scared her. And my mom's like, if it scared Linda, you are not watching that movie. And I was like, you wouldn't let me watch it anyway. You don't let me do anything. And so I snuck watched it, you know, like many things you do when you're a kid and your parents don't let me do it. And it terrified me. You know, the, that mattress scene and the blood, just, oh, it totally stuck with me. And so I didn't see, I didn't want to see any more movies that were scary. And so it was a little while before I saw two, and it still scared me. But, um, and I was still very young, but the thing that really stuck with me, you know, the first one had the bloody mattress, blood on the ceiling. But the yeah. second one had that scene where Freddie's like caressing his face, like with his... <laughs> Daddy can't help you now. 
you're not really thinking about I just yeah. knew that there was something really weird about that whole scene and yeah. so that remembered all the way through and you know I didn't think too much more about it until I heard about Screen Queen and then I watched it and I was like oh that was a whole thing mm-hmm. okay 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 Robert so that's England, good to know you know Robert England was talking about it and then like they said oh, Mark Patton's like then they stopped and so then it fixed my makeup and then told me don't let him put that in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the script writer was like, wouldn't it be crazy if like Jesse and Freddie, I don't know, maybe kiss like on the stairwell or something weird oh. like that. Um, I mean, it would have blown up everything. Yeah. I think. Yeah. In a so way, yeah, I love, yeah, I love that documentary. It was so great. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought I knew already a lot about this movie, um, but that that's, that documentary just opened up so much more to me that I didn't even know was there. And it talks about so many important things that you forget were happening during that time. Um, but yeah, I'm like you, 1984 uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my all-time favorite horror movies as well. Um, like I think that's the franchise I grew up watching the most. My mom was opposite, so when I was a little kid... Um, you know, she, you know, probably people would be like, oh, this kind of sus of your mom. But like, I was like really little and she let like me and my cousins like watch all of them. And it terrified me. But like then and there, I was like, this is what I like, though. You know, it's like I like being scared like this in that I I think I was in third or fourth grade. We had a Halloween dance at school and I made my own Freddy Krueger costume and she helped me with it. Like we made my own sweater. uh, We found an old hat. The only thing we bought was the mask and the claws. But it was like my favorite Halloween costume. It's like right then and there. It's like, I love Freddy Krueger. I love horror movies. Like, thanks, mom. Uh, but then she bought like those old four film packs, you know, like you get four movies for like four dollars or whatever on DVD. So obviously had all the night. She had to buy all of them with the nightmare films. So then we watched um, all of them. And like Nightmare 2 was always the one I I like gravitated to the most because it's the only one with the male protagonist. Uh, yeah. But also because um I loved that first one so much as a kid. I didn't want to like always sit and watch the first one all the time. Cause it's such a serious fun movie. And the second one is a lot lighthearted in like it's, yeah. it's tone. So I think to me, it's like, Oh, it's basically the first one, but like lighter. So yeah. I always would watch that one a lot. Um, but when I watched scream queen, uh, I really enjoyed the background information for that movie. Um, because I get, you know, 1985 is when it came out. So a year later, um, most sequels usually take about a year or two to come out. So I'm, you know, as I've gotten older and I love sequel movies, it's more fascinating to learn about that. Um, but before we go into that, I forgot to even ask, do you even like sequel movies, Jennifer? Like, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you, you know, like as being someone who opens theaters and shows programming, like where, where, where does sequels lie with Jennifer? Um, I, I admire sequels because I think that they have all the pressure, you know, Anytime you have a sequel, automatically make judgments, you know, whether you're conscious of it or not, you're either like, ugh, sequels suck or sequels are never better than mm-hmm. the original. Um, why are they doing this? Da, da, da. And then you have the people who are like, hell yeah, give me more of these characters. And mm-hmm. I am a real optimist that way. So, um, you know, obviously if it's a movie, I didn't care about the first one. Who cares? I don't know, whatever, you know, but like, right. 
any any movie that I enjoy or even movies that I tolerate, I mean, I'm going to watch the sequel. You know, it could surprise me. There are definitely cases, I think, where the sequel is better than the original. Um, not, not very many, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, it does happen. So there's always, you know, why not check it out? Yeah, it, I think as a kid, when it came to sequel movies, I was very aware of them. But I never tried to compare which one was better or not than the original, you know? They were all just like one big story for me. So yeah. I think I that's why 2 is so weird. Yeah, Star Wars, I didn't, you know, like everybody's going to have their favorites uh, if you're a Star Wars fan. And for me, it was, you know, like I think we talked about this Return of the Jedi because it was that yeah. of the Ewoks, you know? I yep, love that. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I was whatever eight or nine um when it came out and so uh that's got a soft spot in my heart but that you know that, that was the third one you know that came out as far as by mm-hmm. you um and then I, empire strikes back i think was better too so like the two and three were my two favorite movies in the entire franchise mm-hmm. and so it, it is possible it is possible to like knock it out of the park and oh yeah it. for sure yeah, I realized that when I watched rewatched the Scream movies, when I watched Scream 2, I was like, oh, I liked this one way more than the first one. And I really like that first one already, you know? So and it's going to be excited for that new one that'll be coming out hopefully next year. We'll see. Um, yeah. But Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So, I'm, yeah, I, I'm glad you really liked it. And, you know, we've talked about it before even recording about the movie and I really think people should watch Scream Queen after they've seen it. You know, some people might watch like think if it's like it's a making of and they might watch it before to get that story. Um, but definitely watch it after because like you will appreciate that second one so much more. Because um, that first that first watch for Nightmare 2, I'm always curious to see what people reactions are to them. So like I always recommended it to like my friends and like Daniel watched it a little underwhelmed and he's definitely grown and loved it now. And like when I watched showed it to Seth and like to Nathan and a few other people, um, they start to enjoy it. Um, some parts of it is a little, doesn't work for them, but I've, I love seeing these so many different reactions to the, this movie. Uh, I, I, I think it's actually growing in cult status now more than ever. And I That's think that documentary highlights that. I love that. Um, and I think too, it, it kind of depends on, you know, where you were, if you, you know, if you weren't born in the eighties, uh, if you weren't alive when, when that came out and you don't really you know, have the, the memories of that whole culture and that whole scene, you know, it might sit different. Um, but, you know, to me, it, it just perfectly encapsulated everything about the mid eighties, like just all of that cheese, the hair, the, the clothes, the, you know, the lifestyle, the way people talked it, it for better or worse, it, it nailed it. You know, you look at other movies that came out that year, um, back to the future, um, is one. And, and that was, you know, that's not just the movies. That was, that's what people really looked like. <laughs> and, and those were the things that were, you know, um, it, it just felt like that was the era where like TV, music videos, all of these, you know, visual elements that didn't, you know, like billboards that like on Times Square that with videos and movement, everything felt so like new and let's throw more neon on it. Let's <laughs> it up brighter. And, and so for all of those reasons of excess that the eighties absolutely was, uh, I, I think it was a great snapshot. 
Yeah, this movie I, has like so much different types of clothing. Like there's like the leotards that girls would wear all the time, the insane button-ups guys would wear <laughs> like on like to school and like the shirts, like the cutoff tees that guys would wear. It, this movie has a lot yeah. of that. And I think it's really fun to see. Um, and it it's was, funny that you really yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. I, like bring that stuff back. Right. Um, but in 1985, when this movie came out, I mean, you had like fright night that was coming out at the time you had, uh, was it day of the dead? And I think return of the living dead, both yes. coming out as well. I think Reanimator came. You know, you get a lot of these really big like horror movies that came out. But when you watch that documentary and then when you watch Nightmare 2, it's like this movie probably competed at first with a bunch of those movies. Um, yeah. I think from what I gather from that from that uh, documentary and then like the reaction to the movie after, it slowly started to fade into obscurity. Um, and for the reasons, obviously, this movie is very famous for being uh, very homoerotic and granted I never noticed that stuff when I first watched the movie um, to me it was just more of like part of the story and like I just I, I didn't really have anything to connect that to so I was like to me it was normal and I was like okay like whatever like Freddie caressing Jesse's face at the stairwell to me that was like Freddie being Freddie you know like just being very creepy and almost horny in a way uh, cause he definitely isn't the first one with Nancy. So why wouldn't he be with Jesse in this one? Um, so th it didn't mean anything like in terms of like a, a subtext of sorts. And I think that's like where Mark Patton definitely had that passion for was the subtext because it basically ruined his career, which is so sad to see. Cause I wanted to see more movies with him. Uh, he was so good in this movie. He's called the only male scream queen because his scream in this movie really is. Yeah. It, it is very loud and it's, it's very, it's a famous scream for sure. I, I love, I love it. Um, and what I think this movie, I love so much about it versus this first one. Like I love that first one, 100%, but this too is like my favorite. And I think it's because there's so many more iconic goofiness in it that like works so well. So you get, jesse dancing in his room while he's cleaning up and i'm like hey i remember when my parents yelled at me to clean my room and i would play music and dance to it and my mom would come in and see me dancing when i'm cleaning my room like I, i've done that you know like gym class being so stressful you know and like bullies and like you know teasing in gym class and people watching totally remember that too you know going to a new high school i did that you know it's like all these elements that are part of my life i think i saw a nightmare and i never thought of a subtext i just always figured that's the story <laughs> yeah like uh, you know if you see it when you're a kid or see anything when you're a kid there's a lot of things that you pick up on later and that you missed because kids just don't you know there's a lot of kids don't know and i don't know how many movies like i remember hearing watching movies with my parents and they would laugh at something and i was so mad because i didn't get it you know and i wanted to know why they were laughing and then you get that stuff when you're and i think that that's the case here like seeing it as an adult for the first time which i'll never you know have that experience i haven't seen it as a kid um yeah you, you, things sit differently because you have a, a better like total picture like okay i see that yeah now that that's but yeah like for me it's forever just gonna be it was just a scary movie man it wasn't mm -hmm. and then i hate that it ended up just damaging his career so bad like killing it basically yeah it, then the documentary definitely do, does highlight that but mark Patton, he's the star of the movie he plays jesse um i thought he does a really good job is like being so 
like these horror, like these franchise horror movies when they were coming out, they always had like these young stars and starlets like in their movies and these horror movies. And they end up growing like big. You have like Kevin Bacon in the Friday series, Jamie Lee Curtis in the hot series. Um, uh, Nancy Lamkamp, uh, she ended up doing some things after nightmare for sure, but you had Johnny Depp in that movie. Um, and in this one, I think Jesse was tapped, uh, played by Mark Patton. I think he was tapped to do some great things after, but he got to because David Chastain, the 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 screenwriter, I guess, almost out basically basically outed him as being a um, a gay man during the '80s, and that was a big no no apparently. And um, so yeah, he really did not recover. I, it was so weird in the documentary. It talked about how he immediately just left town, like he just went to Mexico and like hid. Like that's so sad and so scary for someone who's in a big, big budget movie, not big budget, but like a big, well-known movie franchise at the time. Um, but I guess like, I mean, he really, I think when he plays Jesse in this movie, he feels like he's not playing a part. It feels like him. He's very vulnerable. Um, he has that scream. He's very confused. Um, but like, he's also like very brave at times too. Like the way he stands up to Grady in this movie at times, which I love Grady and uh, is his, his friend and like enemy in the same time. It works so well. Um, but I don't know. And then Kim Myers, his love interest, she's gorgeous in this movie. I don't see her in anything else after it. So it's such a weird movie where a lot of the people in those movies don't get acknowledged after the movie came out, at least in nightmare three. I mean, you get Patricia Arquette and a lot of those returning characters are in the fourth movie. But in the second one, none of them are mentioned or talked about again. It's such a weird one. Yeah, yeah, you're you're totally right. It's all yep. so true. So when you saw Nightmare on Elm Street 2, like, what did you think, like, when you first saw it? Like, were you like... Like wow, that's a like that's such a one eighty from the first movie. Or were you like, ah, cool? I was still young enough that I was like, <laughs> I remember thinking that I was basically grown up now because I wasn't as scared, you know. <laughs> yeah. So like that, uh, you know, just smug. Um, <laughs> so well, I guess movies don't scare me anymore. So whatever. Um, and that's honestly all I can remember thinking was that it wasn't as scary. Um, and then I saw uh, Stephen King's Carrie like the next year, and I was like, "Oh, never mind. I'm still yeah. really scared. <laughs> I'm scared still." Um, but yeah, I, you know, like I would, I would classify it now. It's definitely a, a cheesy movie, um, as much as I, I don't like to use that um, word for a movie. But it, it is just full on cheese. Um, but it's all. I also think that makes it more entertaining. So I would argue that in some ways it's a better movie than one, you know, because it it kind of it it maintains the the storyline, uh, you know, of, of Freddy terrorizing teenagers, you know, but it also somehow brings in the subtext and then also this whole other genre of like horror comedy almost mm -hmm. um, before that was really a thing. And, and I think it did it really well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I would say it's a movie with a personality of its own, you know? Yeah. Because, like, you watch the movie and it's like, oh, I'm watching Nightmare 2 right now for sure, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, I think, I, I maybe I give it a lot more, like, of a, a credit and excuse because, like, it's the second installment of this franchise. And, like, 
When I think about like these 80s slasher or horror movies, it's like, man, how do you figure out and navigate how to make these things franchises? You know, like after the first Halloween movie, I think Halloween 2 does a great job. Friday the 13th mm-hmm. Part 2 does such a great job too. But it's like, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you know to drive a movie into a franchise or not? You know, like, how do you make it? Do you do more of the same from the first one? Do you make things a little different? Like, what do you do? And I feel like Friday um, definitely just did the same thing in a way with different people. Halloween 2 just continues from that first movie to make it more of like one big movie. And then I Nightmare decides to go in a different direction. Um, so maybe I give it a little bit more credit because it's like they didn't know what to do with this Freddy character. And like they just know that he sells and people would pay to see him. Um, but it's weird because in this movie, he's not in it as much at all. Yeah. Um, but when he is in it, it is pretty good stuff. Like, he, yeah, we talk about him caressing Jesse's face and him screaming. But he rips his head off to show his brain. That's awesome. He pops out of Jesse's body. Um, It's just such a, like, there's so grotesque, so many grotesque scenes of this movie with Freddy, though, even though he's not in it as often. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, It was was really, I I liked all of the things they did, you know, because that's the stuff that sticks with you. Just those Mm -hmm. little, little scenes, like you said, popping out. Jesse and then um just crashing through the like the sliding door and just <laughs> yeah it just you know like it it's scary but it's fun and it I think it helped a little bit too like like there are still times to this day that I will take a running jump onto my bed because I don't want somebody to stab me through the mattress you know um, yeah so like this made it a little more, almost made him a little more personable. Like, you know, like it g- gave him, he wasn't, I mean, he's still a monster, um, but he, it, you also kind of like rooting for him in a weird way. Uh, you're like, that Freddy, that guy, that little so-and-so, what's he going to do next? And he definitely was like the one from those. And you probably knew growing up when they were coming out, but these slasher movies, he's the most personable from all of them. He's just not just the masked silent killer, you know? So I think that's why we like Freddy. And I'm like, why shouldn't he not have a Like he has to have a movie that has him like being so flamboyant and being so personable. You know, I feel like this is the movie for it. And then when you get three and like four and those, like he's still more comical and, scary as a monster but he's a little bit more serious and toned at times too you know yeah i think you just nailed it um he he does have uh, a personality because he talks yeah i mean like he's not just like slowly stalking you know through the forest or through the camp or through the water even like he's just you know he's just doing his best just out there hustling you know trying to get his kills he's not talk um and that's why, you know, like I do have a Freddy sweater. I don't have any of these other <laughs> costumes. Like he was, he was my A one from day one, man. <laughs> Even Freddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that uh, you like that movie just as much as probably me too. And it's, it's. I think it, like I said, I really think this movie has been growing um, in popularity. Um, and with Screen Queen coming out, I mean, it, it got so many great awards and accolades. Um, it, it's just so nice to see. Granted, I wish it had a Blu-ray. It just has a DVD and it's streaming. But <laughs> um, there's it shows a lot of like, you know, like conventions that like really like promoted Nightmare 2. And there's so many people that like that movie means a lot to them, you know. So I think that's really cool. So in a way, that movie, 
it feels sad because Mark Patton's career didn't take off, but like he's almost been rejuvenated and embedded in people's minds and like helped people in their lives because of like the things he had to go through. Um, I got to actually meet him once uh, at the patio theater in Chicago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was so nice. He was such a nice guy. He was so funny. He was with Linnea Quigley, uh, Quinley, excuse me, on stage, and they were, you know, who she was also in uh, Return of the Living Dead that same year, which is funny. But uh, they were just their chemistry was just so good. You can tell like other actors of this era, they gel with him so well. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's like to have people like that and like who are famous and like who did movies like be like that. So down to earth, it's like really refreshing because you see so many scandals things on about movies. Kind of nice to have a breath of fresh air to see some of these um, 80s actors come back out. I think so too. Yep. You know, so um, yeah, if anybody's wondering, I do have a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 poster. It's right by my bedside where it belongs. So you can look over me and yeah, and, and you know what's crazy? The the title cards, like the, the slogan for that poster says, the man of your dreams is back. Yeah. And it's funny because the our screenwriter was like, I didn't know it was a gay movie for so long. I'm like, but you put that as like the yeah, subtext for the was, movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that all of all of his stuff. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, yes, what's, I mean, I don't understand what the harm is in just owning stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're not, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful about that documentary is like Mark finally gets to confront him after all these years and he gets his apology and he wants an explanation. He finally does get it. Um, and with that documentary, it's the first time all of those, uh, the director, Jack Shoulder, and the actors, they all come together for the first time since that movie. And it's like, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Because like, I guess, well, Kim, she didn't do any, really any movies after this. And Robert Russler, I believe is his name. He he ended up doing like Vamp, <laughs> which is a 80s um vampire movie like it's a sensual vampire movie with melanie griffith like i mean it's fine it's okay you know but he's in that it's just so weird like that such an oddball cast and i think that's why i like it so um but yeah jen is there anything else you want to say about nightmare 2 or at least scream queen um just that it's worth a watch and i definitely think you should watch the yeah in that order the movie and the doc um because I, I don't want, you know, like, I feel like the doc would definitely color everyone's perception of the movie. So if you haven't seen either, definitely watch that movie. Yeah, um, definitely watch the movie. It, you can get it as a standard Blu-ray double pack. You can get the collection. That Freddy, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street box set, it's so lame. It's so boring for a movie oh. with that, like, that's so popular and embedded in pop culture. It's such a boring collection release. It's oh, so cool. interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I definitely recommend people watch it and, and, you know, let us know what you think of Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Um, if you haven't seen it for the first time, now is the time to watch it. Yeah. Just be warned. There's a lot of male ass cheeks in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it was always girls. You don't you didn't see guys. And so that was mm-hmm. another big groundbreaking. Oh, my God. <laughs> boys. But what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where the <laughs> where the gym teachers getting whipped and I'm like, that's where my internal fear of like public showers started, you know, because uh, I was so young when watching it. Scared of public showers. That's mm-hmm. the real night. Yes. Last showers. Um, but yeah, that whole shower scene. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time when I was in a freshman in high school, and this is the first. I went from a private school to a public school, and I went to 
I don't know, like after gym class, they have showers. So I was like, I've seen a bunch of 80s movies where guys shower after gym class. So I was like, that's normal, right? And like no one would shower. And then I went in there and someone's like, yo, who, who's do, who's taking a shower right now? And I was like, thinking about that scene, I'm like, I'm going to get ass whooped right now. I just know it's going to happen. <laughs> Our teacher used to stand by the shower, like, because it was like a little shower room, basically, mm-hmm. right? She would stand by that door and make sure that we went in there. And like all these girls would try to hide their bra straps under the, and then just wrap a towel around them and look like they were just wrapped in a towel. And she would check. It was so weird. It was pretty weird. Yeah. Right. And then Porky's came out and then girls were like, guys suck. And it's like, we're never using these showers again. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on and and just like hanging out. You know, I do love to hear your thoughts and stuff since you see so many cool things before most people even get to. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I hope I can have you on here again. Maybe we'll have to tackle a different sequel um, some other time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll always, I'm always down to come on. Uh, let's not wait seven months next time. Oh, there. Oh man, I'm getting called out. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, definitely, I will hold you to that. Um, I you got my word. <laughs> yeah, but if you like, <laughs> well, if you love Jen and her thoughts and opinions, I definitely recommend you check out her blog as well. Um, it's 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 just like I said, it's just really great stuff, especially for people who are, who are at home. It'll be good good reads, I think. Um, so thank you, Jen, for um, coming on. Uh, my name is Chris here at Inside the Sequel. And remember, if you aren't watching the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 movie, do you even care about movies at all? Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.